The following program is intended for mature audiences. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. What are you people, on dope? All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. But first, it's time for the opening gem of the day.
Clinton. Feel like raising a little hell today, Johnny. I love that song. Never heard it before. <laughs> and at this stage in the game, as long in the tooth as I am, that's always a delight right there. Yeah, yeah. Surprise. Kind of, kind of dug that up out of out of out of nowhere, mm-hmm. out of the great abyss <laughs> of uh, of music. But surprisingly enough, um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. That was "Raise a Little Hell" from the Canadian band Trooper. Okay. Uh, it was released in July of 1978 as the first single off of their fourth studio album, "Thick as Thieves." And uh, believe it or not, the song currently sits at number seven on Rolling Stone's list of the top ten sports anthems of all time. Hmm. Uh, very popular at NHL games, apparently. Uh, hence the Canadian connection there. Gotcha. And gotcha. Uh, and yeah, when you think about it, hockey, raising hell. Sure. Kind of sure. goes hand in hand, <laughs> you know. Um, and I now that I think about it. Uh, the song was actually prominently featured on the first season of the uh, Netflix science fiction horror drama, Stranger Things. Now, are you familiar with Stranger yes, Things? Yes, I am. I did not know that. Yeah, just, just reading the bio on Stranger Things, that sounded like something that was right up your alley. Huh. Well, you know, truth be told, I love, love, loved the first season of Stranger Things. Okay. Off the charts, between the BMX bikes, the, uh, the rolling Dungeons and Dragons game, all the reminiscing, what's not to love? <laughs> nice. Season two, I'm still like, yay. Yeah. By the third season, I, I, it, was, uh, it was starting to lose me because it's like, just hit it and quit it and get out. Right. You know, leave while you're ahead. Yeah. And a little thing had happened after season one. Now, keep in mind, most of the actors on that show are kids, except for a couple of, of adults. Right. And I'm going to draw my bullseye right now on Dave Harbour, who plays the, the sheriff. Okay. Loved him in the character and what he did. Yeah. But it was at some award ceremony. Might Uh-oh. have been... Uh, Emmys, I guess. Yeah. And he had the kids in lockstep with him, just spouting political opinions. Oh, jeez. And it was obvious that, like, they're following his lead because they're kids. They don't know from nothing. Right, right. And, yeah, unfortunately, like I always tell you, I can't separate the artist from the artist's views. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's kind of a shame when the two cross over from time to yeah. time. I mean, I can understand actors, adults, you know, and the pressure that celebrities in particular are under to take a stand yeah. these days on whatever issue. But dragging the kids into it is kind of not real, not, yeah. not and, cool. And even that being said, I mean, the merits of the show far outweigh that incident. Yeah. But it is kind of, you know, they've, they've jumped a shark. It's yeah. time for things to not be so strange. And before you know it, it'll be 1990 oh, when yeah. the fun stopped. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> I consider 2000 to be the the fun stop, but... <laughs> As a topic for another time. Indeed. And it, it's definitely a thing where, you know, something that maybe is cutting edge in its first season, mm-hmm. by the third season, ain't so cutting edge anymore. Right. You know, and you got to keep, keep pushing the creative boundaries, and maybe they didn't achieve that. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not something that they were able to pull off. But, uh, but still a great tune. Uh, and, and, you know, Trooper, that was... That was something new to me. I wasn't wasn't that familiar with those guys. So, no, oh, it worked. Good yeah, job. Yeah, and uh, and I think it uh, it dovetails nicely into mm. uh, into our main topic for today. The topic that seems to be on everybody's mind right now, um, the uh, the strike. The strike. Yeah. The SAG AFTRA is it? SAG SAG AFTRA, and now the WGA as well. Okay. Uh, the WGA, the Writers Guild, they were out mm. first. They'd already been out for what two months, I think. Yep. Yep. And uh, and yeah, SAG after has now joined them on the picket lines, and uh, it's definitely I think it wasn't caused by the pandemic, mm-hmm. but the pandemic definitely goosed it, gave it a, gave it yeah. a push to the forefront, and it's another example of an industry going or undergoing, I should say, 
a fundamental sea change in mm. the way they go about doing business. A uh, lot of lot of stuff on the table. A lot of lot of long term, potentially long term implications uh, to the negotiations and whatever they're going to come out with. But I got to say, prepare yourself, folks, because the studios are going to try and bleed the actors and the writers. They're going to they're going to keep this going until October. I think there was a there was a quote. I think it was in a Rolling Stone article on the on the strike. An, an unnamed uh, person, because you know, tons of unnamed people. Mm -hmm. You know, making statements and whatnot right now because those are the circumstances. That's the situation. But this guy basically said, yeah, they're going to bleed him until October. Yeah. You know, until they start losing their apartments, losing their houses, you know, softening them up a bit. Can't afford their Starbucks anymore. I mean, <laughs> the horror. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't afford that, that triple shot in your latte. Right. And basically, I, I, I guess, you know, let's just let, let everybody in on it. We're of... Not massively, but we're of different opinions of this thing. Um, to a degree. To a degree. And both of us being of, of a creative ilk and both of us having gone to school for these things. I mean, you literally, you know, went from journalism major to a theater major, so you're right in there. Yeah. Uh, and me, the, the, the world's worst right-brained artist, <laughs> shares um, a lot of empathy, like I said to you earlier, primarily with the writers because I do consider what they do, in most cases, um, to be very difficult. It's a skill position. Yeah. Um, and they work hard. And let's just say that for right this second. Yeah. The, the actors... Don't it, come down here with your anger. Look, it's Hollywood. Yeah. And having grown up like everybody else with the, 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 the pomp and the privilege that one associates with the, the magical kingdom of Hollywood, right. it's really hard to drum up sympathy for their cause and empathy for their plight. Do I dare you know, like use yeah, that word? Yeah, that's one of, the, one of the difficult things about this situation. And having you know, worked in and around the entertainment industry in Southern California for about 25 years, I can definitely say that this isn't a, a good, bad, right, wrong, a battle between good and evil kind of a situation. It's more like a feral bobcat uh, going at it with a diseased and bloated Bengal tiger. Yeah, there you, you know, go. It's, <laughs> you know, and everybody's got their claws out, you know, and everybody's, everybody's sharp. Or it's and like watching a World Series start. with the Yankees and the Braves. We yeah. all lose in the end, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and, you know, the central issue, I guess you could say, is greed. You know, yes. it's, it's money. However, green is good. They have, I mean, in, in, in terms of the writers and, and, and now the, the actors as well, there's a legitimacy to their um, cause that supersedes just the money aspect. Yeah. Because two things now that weren't an issue 10, certainly not 20 years ago, yeah. uh, when the last strike hit, are the, the blooming, burgeoning um, world of streaming stuff, okay, yeah. and, and how to come up with, with a hierarchy and a pay scale to match something this massive and, yeah. and, and varied. Thank God for them as internets. Well as the, the looming boogeyman. Big pink elephant in the corner of the room, folks. Of AI. Absolutely. You know? And I, I had said to Michael, folks, you know, whimsically before the, the show started. Um, you have been a bit whimsical this week. I'm very whimsical. I'm, I'm having a hell I'm, of a week. I'm, I'm, I'm attributing it to the heat. Thus the gallery of Chatskis. <laughs> Which will change uh, every week. Gallery yes, yes, keep track. Keep track, folks. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There, hold me there will be trivia questions. <laughs> but many, many moons ago, when I was yeah. just uh, just slightly Teflon-esque, yes. 
I'm working with computers in the realm of graphic design, and I was already marveling at how the days of doing things by hand were out the window. We were letting the computers do more and more right. and realizing that the potential already existed where within 20, 25 years, which is about where we are now, yep. I said to my parents, I'm like, they're going to be making movies with Humphrey Bogart and John Wayne and whoever else that's already dead yep. because they will be able to mimic the mannerisms, the voice, the everything. Oh, yeah. Well, the problem is and up until about, yeah, about <laughs> 10 minutes ago, you could tell the difference between the artificially right. generated and the real, and it's gotten to the point now where you cannot. Mm -hmm. And that is a very, very real threat to... Uh, the actors in particular, they can right. be replaced now. I mean, this was something yeah. that obviously was on the minds of the writers when they initially went on strike a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. You know, now the actors are, are in the loop as well. Right. And if it is to be believed, and I think it is, this is a classic example of how absolutely tone deaf, and I had to bite down on, on not using my, uh, <laughs> my gratuitous F-bomb quotient for the day just yet, uh, how tone deaf the studios are that they actually proposed mm -hmm. um, buying, purchasing for you know one time only uh, the likenesses of their background actors, right. and you know we're not even talking about licensing and residuals. Mm -hmm. You know we're talking about one time we're going to buy it done. You know these people are really looking at possibly. Uh, no future, mm -hmm. you know. It, as a matter of fact, the Sex Pistols song "No Future" probably should have been our opening gem <laughs> in regards to this particular issue. Well, if you think back, not too long ago, there are two um, let's call them animated features. They were computer generated, yeah, the whole way through with actors with the consent because the actors were doing voiceovers. Yeah, you know, the first one that immediately comes to mind was the um, the one with Tom Hanks, the North Pole, the Polar Express. Yes, okay. Again, a lovely family tale. It's, it's part of the now Christmas canon of, of, of movies you have to watch. Yep. And it's cartoonish enough that you can tell it's Tom Hanks, but nobody's trying to sell you that that's a real reach-in-and-touch-it Tom Hanks. Right. Another example that immediately comes to mind that I was in awe of as I was watching it originally was uh, the production of, uh, what was that, Beowulf. Do you remember that one? Beowulf. It came out like, it's in the 2000s, probably... 22, maybe? Really? Or, yeah, 2003. Wow. And That's ambitious. Well, you had John Malkovich in it. Right. You had, um, who's the girl that played Jenny in Forrest Gump? Oh, uh, Robin, Robin Wright. Yes. Robin Wright Penn. She's in it. Sean Penn's um, ex. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ray, I forget his last name, English actor who was like hot in a moment. He was in uh, The Departed, played Jack Nicholson's second. Okay. Uh, he played the titular character, Beowulf. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins was in it. So on and so forth. A lot of easily recognizable characters. Right. And depending on the scene and the lighting, they were trying hard to make them look like the actual actors. Interesting. Like John Malkovich's character, even though they age him throughout the story, dead on. Looks, looks just like him. <laughs> and just with, with everything else going on, uh, Angelina Jolie was in it. Looked just like her. I mean, right. so right then you're like, okay, I see where they're going with this. They're sure. flexing. And everything looked good because they had mastered that that very difficult hurdle with computers yeah. of doing live creatures and people. Okay. The only obvious error in the thing was still whimsical <laughs> horses. Horses are very difficult, not just to draw, really? but to animate, as I'm losing my earpiece. Okay. Um, because of you know the, the four legs running around and stuff. It's very difficult because right. they all look very stocky and boxy. And even in this movie, they show the horses running down the beach and they look like 
something off The Simpsons. It's, it's horrible. Interesting. But the actors' faces and all that nailed it. Yeah. So if I'm an actor striking now, okay, I don't know what their what their base pay is, you right. know, and you know it's important that everybody realizes just in this guild you're looking at north of 160,000 individuals. Yeah. And I don't want to downplay their contributions, but like I said, I find it hard to generate sympathy for a profession such as that when what we normally see strike is is blue collar, right? You know, and people that need a union to represent them to make sure they get their fair shake. Yeah. And I'm sure Hollywood is a giant snake that will never stop trying to eat itself. I oh, don't dispute course. that at all. Of course. But again, am I going to feel bad for Meryl Streep? Probably not. <laughs> you know, am I going to feel bad for Tom Cruise? I'm thinking no. Well, that's the thing you got to remind yourself of is you do have again 160,000 plus people we're talking about here with SAG. Mm-hmm. And they do run the gamut. They do run from the one extreme of the mm-hmm. uber successful Meryl Streeps and Tom Hanks, right. you know, to the people you've never heard of and you're never going to hear right. of. And the same thing, to be fair, is, is with the writers. Yeah. You know, I just seem, I just happen to have a great respect for writers and what they do. Yeah. But look, we got to shine the spotlight on the fact that for every one writer who's doing episodes of Game of Thrones, okay, there's a couple of Jimmy Fallon's guys there, like, well, we're working on some Trump jokes. <laughs> You know, they consider themselves writers. So, again, ah. I'll use your F-bomb. Fuck them, okay? <laughs> I, hey, it's, that was my F-bomb, I took it. Come on, now. And look, I think it's ever so slightly ironic that the last time we had the writer's strike, what boomed? Reality TV. And that's something that I personally may never forgive these people right. for. Is A cold sore yeah. on the lip of entertainment. Oh, yeah. That and is reality TV. Get ready for it, people, because here it comes again. The studio's... There is not a creative bone in any of their bodies, these people that run them. That's what's coming. We're gonna, they're going to jam reality TV, and they're mm-hmm. going to jam you know, reruns down everybody's throats. Right. And that's the risk that both of these parties are taking with this strike, is they could possibly do more damage than good in the eyes of the public. Yeah, totally. In that, you know, I'm sure, Johnny, you're not the only one that feels the way you do. You know, there's a distinct lack of sympathy to a great degree mm-hmm. you know, for what's going on. And... Again, a lot of that has to do with the message. You know, you, I think you mentioned Fran Drescher. You know, seeing her playing the victim. Hollywood card, writers could not have come up with the fact of Fran Drescher being yeah. the president of the, the nanny. SAC. The nanny. <laughs> but seeing, yeah, seeing her, you know, playing the victim card was awkward. Seeing Bob Iger from Disney right. trying to play the victim card was even more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about the very definition of tone deaf? Yeah. You know, I am not going to buy in a million fucking years. There's my F bomb. Disney being the victim here. <laughs> Not going to happen. You know? But yeah, there, there, there are a lot of issues that are complicated. I mean, one of them is the foreign residuals uh, for high budget streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting weird. TV shows and, and whatnot. That's something that your average person on the street is not going to be able to wrap their brain around. Right. But yeah, residuals. I mean, again, getting back to the, 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 the pandemic being the impetus for this. Um, the studios, in a lot of ways, put themselves in a very, very bad position. They overextended on all the streaming stuff that went on, mm. you know, during the pandemic. Uh, they overleveraged. Uh, they have not monetized, or they have not profitized, I should say. You know, this glut of programming. Right. As a result, now their stock prices are dropping. Mm. You know, Wall Street's kind of backing off them. Timing-wise, 
you know, the writers, you could say, or the writers and the actors, you could see that this was a classic case of phenomenally good timing or phenomenally bad timing to hit them when they're weak. You know, they haven't turned the corner as far as the making money on this mess. Mm-hmm. You know, and in a lot of ways, it's short-sighted. Yeah. You know, did they really think that that, was gonna, that whole scenario was going to last forever? Mm-hmm. You know, and now we're getting down to the nuts and bolts of things. They're laying people off. They're cut, they were doing this before the strike, you know, which probably in its own way prompted, you know, the urgency well, of this action. Wise, I mean, you know? they thought it through. Well, one side did, put it that way, because... You know, all your summer blockbusters, they're already in a can. They're yeah. just waiting to get released. Oh, sure. So the movies have kind of bought themselves a little reprieve for a while. They can afford to play chicken to a point yeah. with the actors and right. the writers. Very much so. Now, in terms of television, that's it's, it's not as seasonal as it used to be because there's new shows cropping up all the time. Right. However... Had they done this in, in the fall, like in a couple months from now, it probably had, would have had a much greater impact because the fall season, you know, yeah. I was looking forward to new shows, new episodes. Yeah. Um, they're going to be hard up against it if, if it goes much longer. Okay. I, I, I see, out of the two, I see the writers as having more leverage than the actors. Entirely possible. That's just my, my, my feeling. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of times it's like in music, um, you know, people who can sing. Why don't you lay you know, down that cowbell right now? I mean, you sound pretentious about this because I didn't have a great singing voice I'll say myself. It for you. Diamond dozen. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Thank you, John. <laughs> uh, same thing with guitar players. You know, the, the, the people that were really of value, the people that are of value in the music industry, are the people who write the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, it, same thing with actors and actresses. I'm sorry, again, having been out there and around these people for 25 years. You know, really good actors, there's a whole lot of them. You know, there's yeah. not too many. Uh, you know, Sean Penn level, you know, most talented actor of his generation type people. But as far as like people that have talent and are good at it, there's a glut of them. Yeah. You know, and actresses as well. You know, it's the people who are coming up with the ideas for the shows that are really of value. So, yeah, I do agree with you on that point. I do think that the writers have much, uh, a much better position um, to force negotiations and to bend the studios to their will, if you mm. will. Because, yeah, the studios, they're the money people. They're not the creative right. people. They're not going to come up with the ideas. I mean, like I said, and like we were just talking about, when, it was le- when it's left up to them, we get reality TV, which is the most bullshit yeah. term anybody's ever come up with ever as far as being contradictory. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, like, right up there with military intelligence. <laughs> um, well, the studio heads better hope and pray that things don't drag on too long because what's going to happen if the actors start... Um, acting like they're up against it in hard <laughs> times and they, they start acting and pretending like people that need our sympathy because that's what they do. They pretend. So I'm going to pretend I give a shit like this much <laughs> and say good luck to y'all. Good luck, Fran Drescher. I still can't believe she was in Saturday Night Fever. She's that old. Indeed. Whoops. I Saturday Night Fever? Yes. She was in Saturday Get out yeah. of here. <laughs> See? That's the same reaction we all have. Wow. She's been around that long. Damn. Well, yeah, and it, it is kind of funny how frequently the word existential is being used. Uh, that is an ex- existential crisis. It's an existential sea change. Mm. I mean, it really is. Uh, the whole paradigm, you know, and, it, and this is happening in other industries as well. Um, times, they are changing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of things are up in the air now, and it'll be interesting to see when all the pieces fall back down to earth, who's got the money? 
I think that's really what's what's being decided. Well, maybe here. they'll 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 reach a point during this in the grand scheme of life, the grand circle of life, yeah. and they'll just be appreciative of what they have and get a little something more, like we all do when it's time for that yearly review or that that new contract, right. and and move along in an orderly fashion and just keep on pretending. Because that's what they do, <laughs> professional pretenders. And on that note, I'm going to pretend like that I, segment's over. I was going to say, I sense a segue here. Here's a, a blunt force trauma upside the head, known as the middle <laughs> okay. gem. Nice. And we're doing a song, ironically, about just being appreciative of the little things in life. Didn't see that coming. Brought to you're not going to believe, the, the messenger of this particular parable, one Mick Jagger, oh, with assistance right. by Lenny Kravitz, doing a little tune called God Gave Me Everything, and we're going to play that for the good folks at home, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff. You can hear it in your love aside. You could touch it in a 
Yeah, fun, fun tune. Good video. Yeah. Little Mick Jagger, uh, for all intents and purposes, solo. Yeah. You know, little, yeah. Little, uh, yeah. That was, that, I don't think that appeared on any albums or anything. It was just like a promo thing. Well, that's it? where you're wrong, sir. Okay. Because that appeared on his album, uh, Got Us in the Doorway. Really? Okay. Yeah. Circa right. 2001. And that song actually, uh, I believe they said, went up to number 24 on the mainstream rock charts. Oh, there we go. So go figure. Yeah. yeah, rocking out with Lenny yeah. Kravitz, man. Which, you know, I'm a big Lenny Kravitz fan, so that worked just fine for me. There we go. And again, like I said, the message therein is, which again is odd coming from Mick, just appreciate the little things, mm. you know, and everything else will fall into place. Just hold the line. It'll be okay. And it, it's funny, even though I've got advanced knowledge of this, how the opening song was so like youthful and exuberant and just kind of like... Grabbing the world little, by the short and curlies. A little, little idealistic, yeah. Yeah, and then the middle one's kind of a little more mature approach, kind of saying, well, take our time, young lion, and we'll get yeah. all those sheep down there. So one can only hope what the third gem will bring. <laughs> so we'll you know, see. <laughs> I, I, I do have to say, with a lot of bands that have been around for a while, bands like Pearl Jam, mm -hmm. for example, I find myself enjoying the more mature stuff uh, that they're doing now than I did like the stuff with, that they did when they were very young. You know, that stands the reason because we're old heads. Is that what it is? Say. Sure, it could be sure. that. Could be that. And speaking of old heads, oh. here's where you really age. Watch them age rapidly, folks, oh, like Brundlefly, right in front of your very eyes. Because we're about to do something uh, which we haven't done on the video it version yet. It has been a while. It has. And yeah, it's just been a long time. Uh, a little something we do on Riffs and Rants called lyrically speaking, where we will quiz each other with uh, a couple lines from. Remember this. Famous songs <laughs> of a particular genre or time period or whatever. And that's the thing. They need to be, like, famous, okay? Not just some obscure, you know, G-side of James yeah. Addiction's rarities. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of funny. In, in doing the prep for this, it occurred to me, and it has been a while. I don't remember the last time we did this. It's been sec, a while. Yeah. Um, that you don't really know until we're actually sitting down bouncing these off of each other. Where, whether it really is, you know, obscure, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, obvious. And it, it seems like in times past, the stuff that I thought, you know, he's going to get this, yeah. you know, drew a blank, whereas, you know, the stuff that I dug up, like, I got him now. Right. And right. he, bup, got it, boom. And it was like, wow. And here, here's the so crux you don't, of it. You don't know until, yeah. you know? The crux of it is not to, you know, toot our own horns, but we know a lot of music. Between us. So this is challenging to get to stump the other one. So the, um, the gist of this one, the, the je ne sais quoi of this particular uh, episode, yes. it's songs from the 70s by bands, not individual artists. There we go. Okay. So Fleetwood Mac, yes. Uh, solo effort by Mick Fleetwood, no. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Singer-songwriters... God, we could have gone down a rabbit hole. Oh, forget you know, about it. In the 70s, 70s with them. Yeah. Like James Taylor and the 19 other Taylors that were doing stuff. Now, that being time. said, uh, yeah. it's like best of five. Okay. And you'll get to repeat the uh, lyrics if you should need it once. Gotcha. All right. So play along at home, folks. And as we <laughs> always say, the key to success in this is to read the lyrics you've selected as robotically as possible. Otherwise, it's just, just which is a away. lot more difficult than it looks. Very difficult, it really is. <laughs> so, would you like to start? Or would you like me to start? Uh, I'll fire one off at you. All right, see how we're doing? Okay, I love this game. All right, all right. Now, I, again, 
you know, I, I went through and, and tried to gauge the difficulty of it, these, and now I'm realizing I have no idea, no clue. Okay. So let's. Uh, that let's being said, I will wrap you in a cocoon of horror. <laughs> Go ahead. He is bloodthirsty <laughs> this week, folks. I don't know what it is. <laughs> It's the whole the, the blowing off the cocaine investigation with the White House, I think. Don't it's get got, me started. Got Johnny on edge. But <laughs> all right, all right. Not singing. Okay. You start a conversation, you can't even finish it. You talk a lot, but you're not saying anything. When I have nothing to say, my lips are sealed. Say something once, why say it again? Oh my god, I know this. Hold on. That's the damnable thing about it too. Is it all they all, the lyrics always sound familiar, always. All right, do the repeat, please. You start a conversation, you can't even finish it. You're talking a lot, but you're not saying anything. When I have nothing to say, my lips are sealed. Say something once, why say it again? Talking heads. Yes. Days go by. Oh, oh, so close. <laughs> so close. You got the artist right, uh-huh. so props to you on that one. That was the Talking Heads Psycho Killer. <laughs> Damn it. And again, in, in, in <laughs> doing the lyrics, it was like, I'm singing it. I can't help but sing it. He's going to nail it. <sighs> so you, you just you don't know. Damn. You don't know. All right. I'm in the hole. Hey. Let's see what we got for you, sir. Okay. Uh, well, might as well just start with this one now. Then we go in order. Okay. You ready? Yep. You check out Guitar George. He knows all the chords. Mind, it's strictly rhythm. He doesn't want to make it cry or sing. They said an old guitar is all he can afford. When he gets up under the lights... To play his thing. That's Dire Straits. Um. About any trumpet Sultans of Swing. Well done. Thank well you. done. Thank you. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You know, it, it's 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 in absolute steam bath here in the in the hills and mountains of uh, Connecticut in the studios of uh, Big Boom Radio. For that sole reason, Johnny and I will probably not be hitting each other with chairs today as we go through this, because that's the one danger of lyrically speaking, is it can get violent. It can. Mm. Now, this will be interesting, because I swear to God, you're going to nail this. You're, you're totally <laughs> going to nail this. It's like, I'm going to be sitting here going, go why did too. I even bother? He's going he's gonna to drive this one right down my throat. You ready? Yes, yeah, sir. All right. <laughs> I took all of his money. It was a pretty penny. I took all of his money and brought it home to Molly. Oh, uh, Thin Lizzy, whiskey in a jar. Bang. Woo! Shoo! <laughs> Again, as I was jotting it down, it was like, I don't know if this is going to be like a total curveball or he's going to slam it. And, I, he, and he just slammed it. So they but yeah, believe me, it wasn't as easy as it looked. Okay. I'm, I'm acting. Acting. <laughs> Not all of us are on strike. Ah, ah, ah. All right, another easy one for the gentleman. Oh, so you say. I think it's pretty easy. You ready? Yeah. They burned down the gambling house. It died with an awful sound. Funky Claude was running in and out. 
He was pulling kids out the ground now. Damn. Oh. Torture. Torture. Okay, one more time. They burned down the gambling house. It died with an awful sound. Funky Claude was running in and out. He was pulling kids out the ground now. Oh, I know that. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost got a uh, Bruce Springsteen blinded by the light kind of feel to it. Burn down again. Burn the place too down. Damn it. No, I'm blanking on it. All right. That, sir, was Deep Purple, Smoke ah! on the Water. <laughs> Damn it. All right. All right. We're all still right. alive. All right. All right. Are you ready, Johnny? I am ready. <laughs> All right. I don't even know why I'm I'm bothering at this because you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna nail it. An idiot to even bother with this one. Okay. Ah. Uh, trying to make some sense of it all, but I can see it makes no sense at all. Is it cool to go to sleep on the floor? Because I don't think I can take any more. See, you know, this is when you start singing it to yourself in your head, trying to... All right, give it to me again. Trying to make some sense of it all, but I can see it makes no sense at all. Is it cool to go to sleep on the floor? Because I don't think I can take any more. Blank. Steeler's wheel stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> See, now, again, that was like when I jotted it down, it was like, he's going to know this. Like, I'm going to get one line out, and he's going to be leaning over the table and slapping me with it. Mm. All right, so we remain tied. We remain tied. All right. Here's a number three to you, sir. All right. <sighs> Hiding low, looking right to left. If you see us coming, I think it's best to move away. Do you hear what I say from under my breath? Wow. Total blank. No clue. Nothing. No clue at all. Nothing. Want to digest it? Want me to say it again? Yeah. Hiding low, looking right to left. If you see us coming, I think it's best to move away. Do you hear what I say? From under my breath. See, now that's a good reading because I'm not picking up a sense of melody at all on it. That's my uh, my accountant voice. There you go. <laughs> now you got me on this one, Johnny. And it's ironic because you had uh, failed to zing me with one of their tunes. Yeah. That is Thin Lizzy with Jailbreak. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that's going to sting a little. Yeah. Yeah, see, this is when you when you grab the, the metaphorical <laughs> two-by-four and hit yourself in the head with it. Like, <laughs> stupid. All right. Woo! All right. All right. I, again, I was stupid to even write this down because this is one of Johnny's favorite artists. I'm going to regret this. Uh-oh. 
I'm probably not even going to get it, get get all of it out of my mouth before he nails me. But I have to say, I admire it's an interesting turn of a phrase. This okay. is one of those one of those things where I wish I wrote it. Uh, you ready? Ready. You had me down, twenty-one to zip. Smile of Judas on your lip. Shake my fist and knock on wood. I got it bad and I got it good. All right, give it to me again. You had me down, 21 to zip. Smile of Judas on your lip. Shake my fist and knock on wood. I got it bad and I got it good. You're going to hate yourself if you don't get this one. It doesn't look like I'm going to. See, now, and another thing you do to, to, to throw your opponent off is you, you gauge the, the, the tempo of it and you deliberately offbeat it, if that makes any sense. Well, you beat off on your own time. Hey, now, come on. This is a family <laughs> show. Come on. I, I have nothing for that. That is Robert Palmer, Bad Case of Loving You. Ooh. Yeah, I heard it. I was going to say, man. That's, that's, that's your shit. Yep, there it is. All right, Shake you. my fist, knock on bitch. wood. I got it bad, I got it good. This one I think you'll get because it's it's a rarity, and I probably shouldn't even give you this hint, but that's how little respect I have for your game. Very good. Um, one song, two possible artists from the seventies that did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll expect, except either artist. That's what I'm saying here. Okay, this is when I'm going to slap myself in the head. <laughs> Not necessarily. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Feeling better now that we're through. Feeling better because I'm over you. I learned my lesson. It left a scar. Now I see how you really are. This is, this is where you, you take the kids in the other room, because this is where I'm going to let fly with some serious obscenities. All right, give it to me again. Sure thing. Feeling better now that we're through. Feeling better because I'm over you. I learned my lesson. It left a scar. Now I see how you really are. Right on the tip of my brain. Ah, just beyond my reach. Not going to get it. Wow. Yeah, here's where I smack myself. It's You're No Good would have accepted either Van Halen or Linda Ronstadt. Oh. (laughs) 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 Feeling better, babe, now that we're through. Uh. Ha! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right, we still each got one now, right? Yeah. Oh, boy, it's coming down the wire, baby. Now this is this is the one that I, I jotted down that you know was like <laughs> he'll never get this one. This one's difficult. Oh boy! But I thought he was going to slam dunk the Robert Palmer one, and he didn't. So I'm, I might I might get him with this one. I will give you a hint. Okay. This is this is from one of my bands. Oof. 
Screwed. 70s, so you know it's not Jane's Addiction. All right. You know it's not The Clash. <laughs> I guess The Clash technically could be, could Clash, be yeah. but it's not The Clash. All right. All right. Here we go. The Indian summer, Carrie was all over the floor. She was a wet nap winner who barely ever left the store. She'd sing and dance all night and wrong all the right out of me. And I'll give you a, bo- a couple of bonus lines. Wrong all the right out of me. Pass me a vial. Pass me the vial is the next, next line. Cross your fingers, it don't take time. There's your, there's your bonus hint. All right, give me the just original lyrics. The Indian summer, Carrie was all over the floor. She was a wet nap winner who barely ever left the store. She'd sing and dance all night and wrong all the right out of me. Pass me the vial, cross your fingers, it don't take time. And the next line is the title of the song. Is it David Bowie? Not Bowie. Then I've got nothing. That is Aerosmith. Draw the line. Yeah. Shit. (sighs) All right. Well, here's your final one. For all the F&T in China. Here we go. Uh, I have no hints for you, because I gave you one last time, but um, it's, this is really hard. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that we both saved the, the, the hard one for last. Oh, it's a zinger. But then, then again, what the fuck do I know? You might get this. Are you ready, sir? Hear me. All right. Had my hand on the dollar bill, and the dollar bill flew away, but the sun is shining down on me, and it's here to stay... That's why I'm telling you. Almost has like a Billy Joel kind of hint to it. I tell you what, because you gave me those extra lines, I will tell you it is not a Billy Joel of Jedi style. It is not Billy Joel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, one more time. Had my hand on the dollar bill, and the dollar bill flew away. But the sun is shining down on me. And it's here to stay. That's why I'm telling you. The dollar bill line sounds so familiar. <sighs> Not gonna get it. That was Rare Earth. Oh. With I Just Wanna Celebrate. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <wanna> celebrate. <laughs> All right, so nobody secures bragging rights out of that one. A titan against a titan. (laughs) Well played, sir. I hope you were playing along at home, folks. I hope you did better than than we did. (laughs) Now we look stupid. Well, again, it's it's a classic example of, you know. And a man in my position cannot afford to look stupid. (laughs) He's going to slam dunk this. Wrong. He'll never get this. Boom. You know? It's, it's one of those things. All right. Well, hey, well done. Much respect. Bravo. We're the opponent. Yes. Uh, too late. You missed it. Yeah. And uh, it brings us to the ever-loving third gem. And then when we come back, it's time for the exclusive video sub-sub topic. Need a, need a, a cooler sub, name than that. Sub-sub topic. Yeah. Yeah. So by all means, well, tune well, in on YouTube. Yeah. Find out what you're missing. <laughs> 
Well, if they're looking at this, then yeah. But if they're wow, it's like time travel. It kind of is. Yeah, watch the YouTube it's version. It's easy to lose track. It's like yeah. which which dimension are we in now? Plus, if they listen to the regular podcast, they won't see the assortment of tchotchkes. This is true. You have no idea what you're missing <laughs> if you're just getting the audio. Right. Yes. So on that note. Let's go to the third gem. A truly inspired call, I must say, by Johnny Teflon, who still, despite the fact that you're <laughs> well into our partnership, can surprise me and impress me uh, for a million and one different reasons. <laughs> this one is so appropriate. <laughs> so out of character for Johnny, which just makes it that much cooler. Cats and dogs living together. Living together. Yeah. This is a Grateful Dead song. Uh, very, very appropriate for the times. If you're familiar with it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This is a song called Throwing Stones. Yeah, dig it, folks. We'll be back shortly with some more things and stuff. Picture a bright blue ball just spinning, spinning free. Dizzy with eternity. The skin of sky brushing some cloud and sea and call it home for you and me A peaceful place a soul looks from space A closer look reveals the human race Full of hope, full of grace is the human face But afraid we may let our home to waste Just yet. Always awake, always around. Seeing ashes, ashes all fall down. Ashes, ashes all fall down. Now watch as the ball revolves and the nighttime falls. And again the hunt begins. And again the blood wind calls. Falling back again, the morning sun will rise. The darkness never goes. Sidewalks and it rolls the streets. Staking turf, dividing up meat. Nightmare, spook, piece of heat. It's you and me, you and me. Hey, flash blade in ghetto night. All fall down. Commissars and pinstripe bosses roll the dice. Anyway, they fall. Guess who gets to pay the price? Money green, a proletarian grave. Selling guns instead of food today. So the kids they dance and shake their bones, and the politicians throwing stones, singing ashes, ashes all fall down. Ashes all fall down Shooting powders back and forth Singing black goes south and white comes north In a whole world full 
Now that was a serious flashback, and yes, I am using that term deliberately. <laughs> it's okay, it matches. <laughs> That was, uh, that was the Grateful Dead doing a song called Throwing Stones. Mm -hmm. uh, the first recorded version of it uh, appeared on the Dead's monumental 1987 album, In the Dark. That was the uh, album that featured Touch of Grey. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the first album that the Dead had done since 1980. You know, they did a so uh, an album in 1980 uh, called The Grateful Dead Go to Heaven. It tanked. The critics shit all over it. So they said, all right, we're not doing any more albums. F it. But uh, obviously, they acquiesced. And it was bizarre if you were a Grateful Dead fan because not only was it a hit album, but they were doing like videos and they were right. on MTV. Yep. I mean, it was just crazy. But, uh, but a great song, uh, very appropriate for the times that we're living through if you'd listen to the lyrics at all. And, uh, and again, you know, got to give a nod to my partner, Johnny. That was his idea. Came out of left field. Hell of a call. Hey, it worked. Like I said, our, our gems this episode, circle of life, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well... Uh, as, as good as all that was, uh, <laughs> it's time to wrap this one up. And uh, all right, what's was, going on in uh, Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? I tell you what, this week it's 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 almost like autopilot. Okay, you know, I'll be editing this abomination for days on end. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, everything's just going swimmingly. Uh, please, folks, go to YouTube and do the search. Riffs, letter N, rants, bang, this comes up. Watch it. There, there's subtle nuances. If you haven't seen us before, now you get to know why we've got faces made for radio. Indeed. Uh, you get to see just exactly how large I am. I'm superseding uh, Pluto. He's very very point. sensitive about this, folks. Agrarian, very sensitive. So uh, big personality, uh, <laughs> as well as everything else. And, yeah, check it out. And, of course, you know, listen to, to the... Uh, the regular version, the audio version, because that's still got the music. Do it! Exactly. And that, that will still, you know, lead you to the Big Boom Radio site. Yep. And, uh, and you get an idea of all the, the, the really cool stuff going on. Big Boom Radio, all the different shows. And speaking of what's coming up, well, you there mentioned once before, what are we doing for Labor Day? Right. And I was going to do the uh, Labor Day uh, Classic Rock Showcase-a-thon. Okay. Which might still happen, but I'm thinking maybe instead of two days of that, we'll do one day of that and one day of... Yes. Do it! Maybe still that, but one segment of it, which we'll play a couple times. Okay. I think it's time for us to do a, a singular show, yeah. okay? Yeah. A one-off of our 25 favorite 
gems Damn. from the Ripped and Rants podcast. Wow. Because there's like, let's say, 400 now in the kitty. Figure 150 plus shows, three gem, minimum right. three gems a show. And there were the four gem shows. You yeah. Another handful of those as so well. So it will not be easy. However, I think it'd be, it'd be fun whittling it down to, to 25. That would be one hell of a list yeah. of music. And I would think for anyone that, that ends up on that list of 25, mm-hmm. an honor. Uh, bigger than any uh, uh, Grammy. Oh, Grammy, that? please. Gold really? records. Yeah. Ah, it's a coaster. Seriously. But to yeah, be featured on our top 25 <laughs> hits of the Rips and Rants podcast, Oh, my. Jesus, if we could na- narrow it down to 25, that would yeah. be a challenge. Well, for us, it's uh, an all-day drinking session, <laughs> whittling it down. A good excuse, I got to say. We'll at least come yeah. up with our own 25 yeah. favorites, and then we'll mush them together and sort it out. Be a lot of coin flipping going on, yeah. a lot of bombs. I'm seeing, I'm seeing furniture saying. getting broken. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing, yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff. Because you, you know, know you're, you're going to try and whittle Jane's Addiction. <laughs> and I'm going to have to stick a Van Halen tune in. So let's just start with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and then come and with it'll go downhill from there. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's I what's already, on the rise. I already think of a couple of, of Rockabilly classics that you launched that are definitely, definitely going to yeah. end up on that list. And I want to put the one with uh, Todd Rundgren and Rivers Cuomo. Absolutely. Going down the ship. I mean, that Absolutely. was eclectic and weird. Yep. Boom, get yep. it in there. Yep. And, you know, just from going off of today's show, Trooper... Hey, Trooper might end hey, up on that list. Know. They might. They might. Yep. And I know? like doing those top lists because anybody who listens to those, because we all do it, you know. Yeah, we do. You're like, oh, that's crap. It's stupid. I can <laughs> put that for that. Do that. You know, it's it's like just sports talk in general. Let There's the no debate winner, begin. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. it's crap. I just know you're gonna <laughs> fail. You know. There's always gonna be that person. Right. But what do we always say? This is why we don't do this live because I don't care what anybody else thinks. There you go. Right? Yeah. And that's it. So on that note, thank you so much. Really, no. Thank you so much for joining us on this, our 154th episode. Damn. Woof. And uh, good luck, you actors and actresses and writers and writeresses. Yeah. That's gender Writer, I guess. Writer, yeah. yeah, okay. We're in trouble yeah. again, I'm sure. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, at least now they got somebody somewhere to send all that Bud Light that's not selling. Uh, yeah. Woof. And on that note, oh. I bid you adieu as always. I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we will see you all on the flip side.